Austin working on Edie into the paint. No look past the ceiling who throws it down. Here's the handoff to Laird. Laird bouncing around. Does he get there? Yes. Touchdown. Bears. Here's the snap. Costello under heavy protection. Throws midfield. Intercepted. Swung on it. Belted out to right field. That one's a long way. Is it fair? It is. It's gone, and the Bears tie the game on a quick Selma long ball. 15 on the game clock. Long three by Aisha Thomas. She's got that one. Thomas with a pump fake, runs baseline, throws it into the corner to Cowling. Long three. Boom! Hello and welcome into another night of Bear Talk from 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley, your Cal Sports Radio Network. Sam Wiseman here with you alongside McCoy Cantwell and Ryan Zimmerman. As we get set for another week of Cal Sports, the Golden Bears coming off a 28-20 win over Ole Miss early in the morning. They're going to ASU next week. We're going to talk all things Cal football here this evening on another Wednesday night. McCoy, Ryan, good to have you with us. Glad to be here again. You know, good to be back. The, the grind for you two, is that right? Oh, without a doubt. Haven't had any midterms yet, but doesn't mean that's not going to happen very soon. It's coming up for me. My first one is a week from today. Coming up at 9.05, we'll hear from G- uh, rather Cal-wide receiver Jordan Duncan on his homecoming to his native Mississippi. It was a big day for him. He actually he brought 51 friends and family to the game with tickets he comped from other uh, Cal players. So, big day for Jordan Duncan. We're going to hear from him in just a couple of minutes coming up here. We're also going to hear some of Evan Weaver and his uh, smack talk after the Ole Miss game. But let's take a look at that Ole Miss game. 28-20, the final score. Cal goes to 4-0 on the season. Cal is the last remaining undefeated team in the Pac-12 for the first time since 1977 when California was the lone undefeated remaining team in the Pac-12 for about 10 minutes until... Uh, number seven USC upset uh, California. Yep, just like we drew it up. If anyone said that Cal would be at this position at this point in the season in June or July, I would have straight up told you you were crazy. You know who said that? The guy that predicted ten plus wins for Cal's season from Cal Maven. We love him. What's his name again? Remind me. Uh, Jake Curtis. Jake Curtis. My there guy, we Jake go. Jake Curtis. The uh, Cal Bears go to 4-0 on the season. It's a great start. I don't know if any of us envisioned this start. Maybe 3-1, and I think, was the mark that most of us saw the Bears at right now. Washington win was a big one. But the Bears are going to get into the heart, of comp- the heart of conference play right now. And I don't know. We saw from Chase Garbers at Ole Miss something that we have not seen in the Chase Garbers era, in that he looked unlike Ross Bowers. Yeah, he had 373 passing yards. He, he had... Th- 60 rush yards he was focused entirely on his arm for the first time since he's been the starter he's looked like a power five quarterback it seemed like he was cool in the pocket never really felt like he felt any pressure he was hitting his open receivers down the field it was a treat to watch and for a lot of Cal fans it felt like a long time coming here's the thing though I think the biggest difference between Chase Garbers this past week and the first three weeks of the season has been his decision-making pretty pretty clearly. Because you look back at that North Texas game, he had guys getting open downfield against a North Texas secondary that is by far not the best in the country. Nothing like uh, that of an SEC team. And yet somehow Chase Garbers is able to hit these receivers when they're 
downfield against an SEC defense to the tune of you know two or three times more yards and, and, and more completions than versus a North Texas team. I think that's number one decision making. And number two, and this is something that Garber said the other day, he, he said he's developing a lot more trust with the, with the receiving core. It came into the season with you know, basically no one uh, on the depth chart who had had a ton of experience before. Like Makai Polk was listed second on the depth chart, true freshman. And he's good. He got some playing time early, but that's just an illustration of, of how little depth these guys had. And I saw some great plays. Uh, Trayvon Clark showing up big, and our guy Jordan Duncan. Going up big as well in his in his uh, home state of Mississippi, right, guys? That's right. You were talking about having trust in his receiving core. Nine different receivers he threw to. The lowest number of yards, Gavin Reinwald, fifteen yards. That was the lowest. That was the lowest number for any receiver. That's another thing, Gavin Reinwald and Jake Tonjes. After how is it that after McAllen Castles leaves? the most highly rated tight end, at least out of high school in this group for California, the tight end group actually gets better. It's all to do with Garber's decision-making, and uh, I want to keep it focused on the wideout groups here for just a moment because we're going to hear from Jordan Duncan coming up in a second. But, Ryan, uh, one more thought on the the wide receiver group. Uh, This has more to do with Chase Garber's than anything else, but it seems like he was developing more and more confidence, too, and that has a lot to do with him being a lot better protected. Against North Texas, it felt like he had to rely more on his legs than his arm to get the job done, but now that he had time to throw against Ole Miss and he could read the defense, he was giving his talented receivers opportunities to make plays in space, and that made all the difference. All right, well, we were lucky earlier today to be joined by Cal wide receiver Jordan Duncan. Talked a little bit about his homecoming to Mississippi and the way he thought Cal played in that game, was able to see a ton of friends and family there. And here's Jordan Duncan on last week's game. It was an unforgettable experience, you know, to be able to get that Thursday and see my, see the rest of my, pretty much all my siblings and uh, my cousins, nephews, nieces, nephew, uh, everybody, uh, aunts, aunties, uh, so I got a chance to be around everybody uh, Thursday, Friday, uh, to be able to see them. Some people I haven't saw in years. So um, it was a, it was a great it was a great thing to come back and see them, and I'm um, just just to be able to just come back home. Like it's something I look forward to since my freshman year. I found out we had an uh, Ole Miss on the two year uh, contract, which the first year was well, the second my sophomore year. They come here, then my senior year we go back, and it was just it was just emotional. I, I can't even describe the the feelings. I'm still trying to soak it up just even now because I know I would never get that moment back in my life. I know this would be my family would never get that moment back in my life, but it was a I feel like we made the best out of it. Um to me I feel like I made history, you know, just to be able to be able to <clears throat> um from time like, you know, down the years I'd be able to something I can brag on, something I can, you know, tell my keep telling my family, t- tell my future kids, tell my future grandkids. So I just feel like it, that was a big it was a big thing, huge thing for me. Probably one of the highlights of my career. And uh just even then, um the team like we played so well like I was I wasn't even surprised as far as just the passing game because that's just that's just who we are I mean we do it day in and day out at practice and I know it haven't shown the past four weeks but uh we got it done against Ole Miss and that was a that was a great thing to see to, to set that blueprint all right that's Cal wideout Jordan Duncan talking to us earlier today big thanks to Jordan for coming on as we come back to Bear Talk here on 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley, Berkeley rather, talking all things Cal football. The number 15 California Golden Bears face Ole Miss. They come out on top. They get ranked number 15th. Number 15th. Number 15 in the country. And Ryan, we're gonna. I think we're gonna replace wholesome Wednesdays with high energy Wednesdays. That's what today's show is gonna be all about. 
because uh, 95 degrees in Berkeley today translates to about 90 degrees in the studio, and I think Ryan needs uh, needs uh, some five-hour energy right here. Come on, Ryan. Man, I'm feeling the heat. I'm not from I'm not from somewhere where it gets that hot. I'm still trying to adjust. You're messing around, Chicago during the summer. Chicago oh, during the summer, yeah, a third but... of the time. Oh yeah, well right now it should be 20 degrees and raining. Let's talk about that ranking for Cal. Number 15 in the country, number 15, 16. I'm going to be the first one to say that TV rankings are uh, a little bit fraudulent based on what we've seen just from Cal rankings in the past two years alone. You look at what happened with that Oregon game last year. Cal gets ranked number 24 before a huge nationally televised game. They were nowhere near deserving of that ranking. But number 15 right here, do we think the Bears deserve it and why? Depends. I mean, we've gotten four. We've gotten four wins, not four good wins. I'd say. I agree with you. Here's the thing. I think our defense is probably closer to a number fifteen rank than it is to a number five rank, which is where you know three to five is where people are putting. I think our defense is probably close to you know a number fifteen, but. You just look at uh, at where the team is right now as far as a quality of play standpoint. And, McCoy, I think you're absolutely right. They've not been good wins. And I'll excuse that against Ole Miss and, uh, Washington. and Washington. But even the Ole Miss game should not have come down to the final possession. It was 28-13 It was you know, however much left in the fourth quarter, right? Like nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and their backup quarterback as well. So you go ahead, McCoy. I will say, though, you mentioned the defense. Our defense has been absolutely spectacular, led by, of course, everybody's favorite, Evan Weaver. Evan Weaver is currently leading all of college football by 10 tackles. That's insane. He's leading everybody else by 10. Here's Evan Weaver after uh, last week's game. I mean, you know, just my guys being able to play in front of me all day. I mean, Luke Beckett did a great job, number 93. Uh, the young guy stepped up on the outside. DBs played great. And, I mean, they're just a decent football team. That's it. And, you know, they're from the SEC. They think they can bring it to everybody. But, you know what? We showed up. We woke up at 3 a.m. our time this morning. We could have played at 1 a.m., 4 a.m., 11 p.m. Bears and four. That's all I'm saying. Bears and four, Evan Weaver. Bears and four. That's true. And talking smack right there, Matt Corral, who is originally from California, Southern California, uh, was talking smack about the Northern California team saying that we've got it easy. We're living the California lifestyle when, in fact, at game time start, the humidity percentage was higher in the city of Berkeley than it was in Oxford. It's pretty rough. I heard it was actually pretty nice down there. 8,000 Cal fans showed up, by the way. And before we get to how, how great the Cal turnout was, Evan Weaver talking smack is, you know, I'm like, I'm all one, I'm all one for talking smack. And uh, I love it. Uh, I think it energizes the fan base. But, uh, I don't know. I've been hearing some things about what he said. Evan Weaver on the uh, on the subject of uh, of the Ole Miss team is not something that you want to get into with Evan Weaver. Look, I, I just appreciate his energy and his confidence and the fact that he's bringing swagger back to this Cal team and this fan base that really hasn't been relevant since Kevin Riley was the quarterback 10 years ago. you got to love a guy who just wears his heart on his sleeve and gives it everything on every single play, and he's willing to be that guy that represents the team. I have absolutely no problem with that. Let the kid play. Well, I'm... <sighs> 
what do I think about this game in general? I think this was kind of a flashpoint for Garbers. I, I think that Evan Weaver, not a flashpoint, He's he has proven his skill, as has our defense. We were, I'm not going to say lights out, but we showed up where it really mattered. We showed up on that very last possession, being able to stop it from becoming an even closer game. Now, you know, everybody has their issue with the refs choosing to not... Hey, can I get a shout-out for Pac-12 refs right That's here? true. Shout-out Pac-12 refs. We love Pac-12 you can talk, refs. You can talk so much crap about those guys, but at the end of the day, they help give us the win, so I'm not complaining at least this week. That's where it's at, Pac-12 refs. McCoy? Yeah, Pac-12 refs, they came back after the game and said, we made the right call, and everything is proven that they did make the right call in the moment, but... I like it being the closest it can be to a fair game. And in a in the context of a fair game, you want to have nobody mad at a referee decision by the uh, end of it, oh which toy. I get is never going to happen. But one as pivotal as this, I know that they made the right call, but it would have been nice. It would have been nice to see. What are you an talking replay. about? You know how many people got up in arms about that. You know how many college football analysts said this is highly irregular. This I, never happens. That's not. That's absolutely not true. First of all, I love how butthurt all the Ole Miss fans got about that. That was that's a highlight of my weekend. We're all communists. But, I heard actually highlight of my week. Yes, <laughs> yes. The, there was a. That's certain, probably one of the best was, hot mics you could have captured. There was a guest announcer on the TV feed. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I love how butthurt they got about it and. Absolutely, that was not irregular to to not buzz down with you know eight seconds. They they want to play with eleven seconds left, and they don't get there, right? Like what what do they expect is is going to happen? Do you think they're going to re- review it? They first of all, that was terrible clock management by Ole Miss. Yeah, that was poor. They clock didn't have management. any timeouts in that entire drive, and that's what made them have to run to the line and run a QB sneak that felt like it just was completely off from the second the ball was snapped. Going back to just is Garbers having a moment or is this indicative of future success? I'm honestly under the impression that it's indicative of future success. He looked confident throwing that ball. I I figure that Wilcox went to him, maybe Baldwin went to him before the game, said something like, okay, you've proven it, we trust you, now go out there and make some plays that aren't just safe. So I think we're going to have a lot more dynamic offense coming up. Well, we'll see if it's successful, and I think it will be, but we're definitely going to see more dynamism coming out of our play call. I'm going to make a real hot take here. Sorry to cut you off, Sam, but I think you might find some link between Chase Garbers' play this past weekend and Devon Monster being active for the first time this year. I think this might have been the first time this season he might have felt the pressure of being in a QB battle since the regular season started, and he balled out. I mean, pressure makes diamonds, and he rose to the occasion. I think that's at least worth a mention. It's a rare, really good hot take, Ryan. Absolutely. Yes, that's a great take. Yeah, Devon Monster was eligible for to play for the first time versus Ole Miss. He's going to be eligible for the rest of the season. I can't see him transferring again after what he went through the first time, or I guess the second time he transferred. You call that a rare hot take? Come on. That's a, that's a, that's a good, no, a rare, a rare, a rare, that's my seal of approval right there. Well you're, done, hot take. <laughs> you're listening to Bear Talk on 90.7 FM, KALX Berkeley, your best source for all things Cal Sports, your Cal Sports radio network. We just heard... Earlier tonight from Jordan Duncan, and you mentioned uh, how good Chase Garbers has been 
McCoy and what we can expect from expect from it him rather in the future we're going to hear about that from jordan duncan this coming friday when california hosts arizona state this friday at 7 30 p.m pacific time if you can make it out to memorial make it out to memorial it's going to be a great environment i know the cal athletics department has been uh, promoting this day in day out i i'm ready for for fans to show up i'm ready for five and zero is Look, what i'm if ready you don't for. show up evan weaver is going to personally tackle you so go to the game he did make that threat he did make that threat but you'll be able to catch all coverage if you can't make it out to the stadium right here on 90.7 fm kalx berkeley streaming online live worldwide at calyx.berkeley.edu and on the tune app 7 30 p.m kickoff 7 15 p.m the calyx pregame show begins we'll hear from Jordan Duncan, as well as Cal offensive line coach Steve Greatwood, so be sure to stay tuned for that again at 7.15 p.m. Pacific this Friday. And this Friday is what we're going to talk about next. Arizona State comes to town, allowing just over 13 points a game. Cal currently favored. They are minus 5.5, over under 41 on this game right now. But this is a game I could very easily see going to Arizona State, and I could see it going to Arizona State on the last possession. I really like our chances, though. We're getting healthier. That's my that's my main thing, because, you know, our defense has had just its gaps from a health standpoint, but gosh, I mean, if we've got our full core, there's nothing that can get past us. Absolutely. The, well, well let's, take a look at, let's take a look at this in pieces, right? Ryan, the uh, offense... We've been talking about you know Chase Garbers' improved confidence. I honestly don't think how well Chase Garbers plays is going to have as big of an impact as we... I think if we see a regression to the mean Chase Garbers this Friday, I don't think it's going to be a huge issue, right? Because Chase Garbers, exceptional versus Ole Miss, Cal was ahead by more than enough to win, certainly if their offense had been able to punch it through on the last drive. Rather, I think this game's going to come down to, like I said, the very last possession because both these teams you look at how Arizona State lost last weekend by three to Colorado on the last possession in a back and forth game right you look at the games Arizona State has, has been in so far this year even just besides the Colorado game you look at games Cal has been in this year every single game for Cal except the UC Davis game has come down to that final possession and they've been close to throwing it away three out of well two out of three times right I think that's that's even bigger than Chase Garber's in this one. Do you think it's going to come down to a battle between Eno Benjamin and Evan Weaver? So here's the thing. Cal might not have the advantage on offense, certainly. They definitely have the advantage on defense, but where I'm really confident, uh, the Bears have a much better, I think, coaching core than almost any other team in the Pac-12. I'll exclude maybe Oregon from that. Arizona State's up there as well. But you just look at how well Justin Wilcox managed the end of the Washington game. That was uh, certainly since Jeff Jeff Tedford was here, the best end-of-game clock management to win a game for Cal that we've seen, right? Sonny Dykes couldn't have done something like that. There aren't a ton of coaches that could... Chris Peterson couldn't manage the time well. He... uh, Ole Miss couldn't manage their time well, right? I think Cal gets the advantage definitely on coaching, definitely on defense, maybe not on offense, but uh, I don't know. It's going to be up to whether or not the defense is going to be enough to put them. The defense is to be good enough to put them up by enough so that the offense can't throw the game away at the end. I can definitely see where you're coming from, and Arizona State definitely has one of the better offenses that Cal is going to play this year, but I really don't 
really see that being the case. I think it's going to be a really good defensive battle. I think both teams will play really well on that side of the ball. I honestly think it's going to come down to offense, which young quarterback is going to be able to get that decisive score late in the game. Yeah, and I, honest to God, don't think that it's going to be Jaden Daniels. Daniels, I'm just looking at his height and weight. He's 6'3", 180. That is slightly larger than me. I figure that with our defensive core, we, we, can, we can tear right through that. He seems very agile in the pocket, but we've, we've been able to tear through the pocket. All right, we, we've entered the portion of the show now where McCoy is comparing himself to D1 quarterbacks, which must mean it's getting late here on the West Coast. It's getting hot <laughs> in this room. A little, a little delirious with the humidity. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> he's a true freshman quarterback. He's, yeah. a true, he's a true freshman quarterback, and he obviously does not have the same amount of confidence, especially in his passing plays, which you know may be good on his part because we've proven to have excellent pass defense here, this here, season. Here's the thing. Eno Benjamin is Nikhil Harry 2.0, right? These explosive plays up and down, they have, they've had at least three... They've had one 40-yard play at least in every game this season has Arizona State. They're great on explosive plays. Uh, the other thing they're good on is turnovers and giving the offense the ball. So Daniels doesn't even need to be that confident if Arizona State is going to continue racking up turnovers at the rate that they are. They have 15 forced fumbles already this year. Cal's already dealing with an injured offensive line and a team that just couldn't hold on to the ball last year. So far this year, Cal's been pretty good on ball security. Chase Garber's four touchdowns to one interception last week, but I mean, you just remember the Oregon game here last year, and Cal ended up with two forced fumbles, three interceptions, turned the ball over five times. They lose by, however, 22 points. Yeah, you know, we're no longer on track for the promised land that was uh, six turnovers throughout the season. Uh, I think that's not really a fair comparison when you compare last year's team to this one. I mean, Brandon McElwain playing quarterback, he, he, he completely changes the dynamic of this Cal offense, so I don't think that's a fair comparison. But I do understand that in the last four games, Cal has won the turnover battle, and Arizona State is probably the. I think they commit the mo- or they force the most the most turnovers out of any team Cal's going to see this year. And yeah, you have to be able to hold on to the football in order to win the game. And I think Cal has gotten to the point where they realize that, and they're taking bigger strides towards prioritizing ball security. Here's the thing: I think even including Brandon McElwain, last year's team was just not good. I mean, you, you just look at the turnovers, 31 minus however many McElwain was responsible How many for. was McElwain responsible 11, 11, right? So that's still 20. That, that is, can we take a step back and realize that one person was responsible for 11 turnovers last year on the Cal team? That, that's a lot of turnovers. He's left to focus on baseball. We'll just we'll, we'll say that. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I agree, yes, it's going to be tough to to look at ball security, but I'm just happy that so far this year, the only place Cal's been having to worry about ball security has been with Chase Garber's throwing, right? I'd much rather, you know, see a team where Chase Garber's getting intercepted is the main method of turnovers rather than the quarterback fumbling the ball, right? Because interceptions are going to happen no matter what. Blame it on the, you know, blame it on the quarterback, blame it on uh, bad route, so on and so forth. Interceptions are going to happen. Force fumbles, entirely preventable, right? You're never going to go through a season without an interception. 
you're never going to go through a season uh, if you have really good ball security with more than, you know, maybe four or five fumbles. Right? And that's what Cal's on track for this year. And that's what that's what makes that's what makes me happy inside, Ryan. That's what that's what really gets me going as a as a as a Cal football uh, aficionado. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if we can call ourselves experts. McCoy's already the quarterback of the opposing team, so sure. Cal, I fo- am. Cal football. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am. I am. I am slightly less than six through one eighty. Air quotes insider. <laughs> In any case, it's time to get to Take It or Leave It. Again, you're listening to Bear Talk every Wednesday night. Here on CalX Berkeley, the Cal Golden Bears will play ASU this Friday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. Pre-game show at 7.15 here on CalX 90.7 FM. And we're going to go in just about five or six minutes here, but that's more than enough time for our favorite game here on Bear Talk, Take It or Leave It. And uh, McCoy, Ryan... It's great to have you with us. I'm going to throw you some tough ones today. This is what's going to happen. Bring it. Okay, McCoy McCoy challenged me before the game because I always wing it, wing these take-it-or-leave-it segments, right? And it's it's painfully obvious. I feel we, like this is now me backfiring on myself. Ma- oh, gosh. McCoy has thrown down the gauntlet, right? He's, he's, he's challenged me to come up with a, a really, really good take-it-or-leave-it. But instead of doing that, I'm just going to make McCoy come up and take it or leave it. So I'm going to do my, my one that I came up with, and then, McCoy, you get to think of the rest because uh, I'm tired of, uh, of taking this from you. And if you think you can do such a good job, uh, you, can, uh, you can sit in this chair and you can do it. So All look, right, we'll see. Go, uh, ahead, go ahead with yours. All right, my only one, remember, Cal is a five-and-a-half-point favorite right here, over under 41, right? By the way, I think it's very clear we're, we're taking the under here, right? Uh, that's yeah. this is not my take. Cal's last nine games, the over has lost that's nine good. times. That's good. That's like the uh, that's like the Patriots against the spread. They're due for a regression to the mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, take or leave it. ASU three turnovers plus. This is it three or more? And McCoy, you always think through these things too much, Ryan. Go I do ahead. three. I do think through these things too much. So Ryan can go first. Uh, I'm gonna leave it. But I'm not going to say it won't be close. Put a spin on it. Jaden Dan, or excuse me, Jaden Daniels is a freshman quarterback, true freshman, might I add, and this is the best defense he'll have seen so far. I think they're going to force turnovers, but I don't think it'll be three because I think both teams are going to come out with a relatively conservative game plan given the strength of both defenses. So there won't really be that many opportunities to turn the ball over. But I do think there will be two ASU turnovers. So I'm leaving it. I'm sorry. Was the question that ASU would have turnovers or would it. turn up? Okay, you've got it. Then no, I actually had a better answer to that one. So <laughs> we saw in the Michigan State game. First of all, that was only a three point win on be- on Arizona State's behalf, and Michigan State has a great run defense. Their defensive line getting to Daniels for that reason because he needs to rely more on the run than on the throw. He gets skittish and he throws the ball away now. Most of the time, he threw it into the dirt or he just made poor, you know, he made incompletions and not very good efforts on that. But I figure that with our pressure, with the pressure that we can apply, we've got a great run defense. We've got a great run defense. So I figure, yeah, are we going to get to three? No. So I'll leave it. But I am expecting... I'm expecting to. That was the most thorough take or leave, I guess, that I've ever heard. Okay, but anyway, now it's now it's McCoy's turn. Our last couple minutes we left. McCoy, what have you thought of in this in this sacred time? Sure. In the studio, sweltering I'd, studio. That's right. I mentioned it earlier about the face-off between Eno Benjamin and Evan Weaver. Is Evan Weaver 
going to get and you know this can this can not just be applied to him but he'll obviously be under the spotlight for this game so is he going to get 18 or more tackles take it or leave it that's like that's a good one all right thank I you I, I'm Coy, going... sam put you on the spot and you delivered can so i go home great credit to you. <laughs> I, I get off early tonight uh, I'm going to leave this. Uh, getting 18 tackles in a game is such a rare feat, and the fact that Evan Weaver has done this more than once this season is commendable, but I just don't think that that's going to be sustainable throughout the rest of the year. I think he'll get double-digit tackles, but I don't see him getting to 18. All right, well, everyone knows that Ryan is the numbers guy. And He's I can't, the numbers guy. I can't go against the numbers guy when you put a number in front of me like that. McCoy. Okay, so I'm going to have to leave it as well for no other reason that Ryan is a uh, Ryan. It's it's Sam stats, but it's, it's Ryan's numbers. He's I'm the, the numbers, numbers guy, guy, man. Yeah, he's the, he's he's Ryan the numbers guy. You so you're leaving it. Yeah, it's just it's just you don't ask another one about numbers because I'm just going to go with Ryan. I'm not going to ask another one about numbers. I'll just go on straight gut instinct. Chase Garbers looked like he's changing a lot more to his passing game, at least from the last uh, at least from the last game. Is that going to stay up? Are we going to have more? Uh, more pass touchdowns than run touchdowns. I'm going to leave this one. I think that was a fluke last week. I'm going to be honest. I, I I feel like we've seen too much of Chase Garbers with too large a sample size to believe that that is anything but a fluke. I Seriously, I find it really hard to believe that all of a sudden for one week Chase Garbers just got really, really, really good. So I, I leave that one, right? God I really hope you're right on this. I'm going to take it just based on faith. Looked like Chase Garbers was a completely different quarterback to the entire rest of his sample size as a Cal starter. I want to think that's a sign of progress, and I want to think that he can continue that success in a conference play. So I'm taking it. All right. As we wrap up Bear Talk here on 90.7 FM, DJ Twinkle will be up next on CalX. But first, before we go... As we do every week, our pick for the game, I want a winner and I want a final score. Uh, bang, bang. Let's go, Ryan. Uh, I'll go Cal 17-13. And McCoy? I was actually going to do Cal by three, so I guess you uh, I guess you increased the spread on that. Probably going to be uh, 2017. All right, I'm gonna I say, like that number. I'm going to say 28-24, year. and I'm going to go ASU on this one, uh, just because I'm just not sure about Chase Garber's ASU. Close to beating CU last week. All right, well, we'll have time for that on the Calix pregame show. And as we wrap up Bear Talk again, a reminder, we'll be next on air this coming Friday, California versus ASU, Friday night under the lights at Memorial Stadium. 7.30 p.m. kickoff, 7.15 p.m. the Calix pregame show hits the air. We'll hear from wide receiver Jordan Duncan as well as Steve Graywood. It'll be Kevin Lynn and Sid Nike with you from Memorial Stadium when we join you next. Again, that's this coming Friday at 7.15 p.m. Pacific Time. You can catch Bear Talk every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Pacific right here on 90.7 FM, KALX Berkeley University, and listener-supported radio. DJ Twinkle is up next. Big thanks to Ryan Zimmerman, McCoy Cantwell for being with us, as well as Noah and... Jake, is it Jake? Jack? All right, so, so close. No one, Jack, for joining us in the studio as observers here tonight. My name is Sam Wiseman. Until this Friday, when Cal takes on ASU, this has been Bear Talk on ninety point seven FM KALX Berkeley, your Cal Sports Radio Network.